In this episode, I talk with Jed Collins, a.k.a. Mr. Teach Me Money. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tom Alamo. You can find more about what we're doing at millennialmomentum.net. You can find me at, at Tommy Tahoe, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Find the podcast here on iTunes, um, Spotify, wherever you like to listen. If you're new to the show, thank you for listening. So This is a millennial personal development podcast, right? So what's this focused on? Uh, it's getting you and me both to the next level, right? So everyone wants more money. They want a better relationship. They want to be in better shape, better health, less stressed, um, making more money, having a better job, whatever it is. Everyone wants something. Uh, and we need to up-level ourselves in order to get there, right? And I think you need three things for that. You need a positive attitude. You need a dogged work ethic. You need a little momentum, which is forward motion with energy, right? It's that little spark that gets you going. It gets you moving in the right direction uh, and gets that forward motion going. So I'm hoping that this show, what I do, can be that spark of momentum for you. I hope it can be that spark for myself as well. And as a quick note, I do all of this outside of my full-time job as a sales manager. So uh, early mornings, late nights, weekends, it, I, I don't get paid a dime for it. Uh, it's all free. It's all because, you know, for the value and the, and the satisfaction of helping others. So that is all said to make the point, if you find value, hit a subscribe, hit review, share it with a friend means a lot. We've got uh, 115 plus five-star reviews on iTunes. It means a lot. And, you know, I, ho- I hope that we can help to share this with more people. So with that said, let's get into today's interview. Um, recurring guest, good friend, Jed Collins, back on the show. Uh, I was able to see this gentleman in person um, up in the old Pacific Northwest a couple weeks ago. And we sat down and, you know, last time we had Jed... If you look back to the early, early, early days of the podcast, back when it was actually called TR Talk uh, with my good friend Ryan Warner, uh, and we had Jed in the early days, um, right, right around uh, episode thirty, I believe. I'd have to, I'd have to see what exact episode it is. Um, but you know, we talked about his his path as a professional athlete, and he was just one of those guys that was an absolute grinder, and he worked for everything. He was a fullback for several teams, including the New Orleans Saints, the year after they won a Super Bowl with Drew Brees. So he played with Brees. He played with Marcus Colston. Uh, you know, he played for Sean Payton. He, he was there for for all of that. And um, he had some great stories about you know getting cut and getting drafted and, and walking onto the team and just earning it and, and had a lot of grit about him. And... Since those days, since he's retired, he's gotten into the financial services field, um, and you know he works with you know clients, and that's his job uh, at a company called Brighton Jones. But what he's doing is on the side is quite similar to what I'm doing in the personal development space, but he's he's focusing on fina- on personal finance, and his whole catchphrase is around "teach me money," right? And break it's breaking down. You know, finance for people that are young, like us, that may not get it right. And um, you know, if we if we paint a picture of 
personal finance, right? It's this taboo topic like politics, like sex, like religion, um, when it really shouldn't be because everything that we want for the most part comes through money. You know, being able to have, you know, a house or live the life that you want or go on that vacation or a restaurant or be able to contribute to people, to give back to others, to give charity, it comes from money, right? And despite that, we, we know virtually nothing about personal finance as an aggregate, us millennials and people, adults in general, right? It, it isn't taught in schools, really. Um, and it's something that parents don't really talk about because, you know, it's it's taboo, right? It's not something that we want to bring up at the dinner table. Um, and so our general understanding of money comes from Instagram influences or, or, or movies. And, you know, you contrast that with the, the tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars that millennials find themselves in debt coming out of college or graduate school or, or medical school, whatever it is. Um it's no wonder that a lot of us go by the saying, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress the people we don't like. So we insert Jed here. Um, he's been really taking uh, the world of finance by storm. He's speaking at you know top-notch organizations like Amazon. He's speaking at top-notch universities like Washington State University, where he's an alum. Uh, and we unpack the background around why he's so passionate about this. We unpack you know, why we're in these negative financial positions of debt and, you know, just lack of understanding. And, and how do we get there? What are some actionable steps that we can take towards financial freedom? So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I certainly did. It's a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I'm very interested in it. Um, and like you and, and like most of us, you know, I, I seek out wealth and I seek out finances, and I want to, you know, treat my money well. I work hard for it. So I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, here is my talk with my good friend, recurring guest, Jed Collins. My man, Jed Collins, recurring guest, back on the show. It's good to be back. I mean, you, you've continued to produce. Your brand has continued to grow, and you've maintained your message, man. That's, that's truly from somebody who is just kind of entering this social media personal branding space, it's really neat to watch you identify your brand, identify your audience, and continue to produce content. Like That's a game that very few are, are doing, so kudos to you. Appreciate that, yeah. man. Appreciate that. And you've, you've come a long way yourself since <laughs> I had you on. It's been about, uh, I, I don't know the exact number, but probably yeah. 80 or so episodes ago. I think you that's were like crazy. episode 30-ish, and yeah. now we're, as of this, as of this conversation, we're, we're at 110. That's amazing. So... You've changed a lot. You've, uh, you've been growing a lot. You've changed. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, and it's uh, I'm you know we're both just continuing to scratch the surface. That's yeah. what's neat is you have that mindset, you have that momentum, and we're headed down a path that right now doesn't really have an end in sight, which yeah. is really cool. But yeah, I've I've grown, I've focused, I've learned, continue to learn. That's what's neat about what you're doing is this this lifelong learner mindset. Yeah, I think that's the new age. I think that's our generation. We yeah. are people who want to continually be curious. Yeah. I mean, that's that's super important, especially for someone that's young. You know, you, you think that you're in the midst of the craziest moment of your life, but you've yeah. got, you know, 50, 60, 70 years oh, left yeah. and so much time left to just learn and, and put stuff out. And I think people are more conscious about putting out quality content and trying mm -hmm. to make those around them better and try to make an impact that way. I feel like that's a driver 
probably both of us and a lot of people that do this. I totally agree. And I, that's one of the reasons I challenge people to journal is to mm-hmm. be able to look back and see those times of chaos or those times of joy and heartbreak, whatever it is. And it just gives you such a good perspective of yeah. like, man, at 26, I thought this was the worst day of my life. And then I kept living. And, you know, whether good, right or good or bad, just the days continued and you run into good other things. So, um, but, but you're, you're absolutely correct in the, the notion that we are continually being identified with this personal brand and what we put out externally. And I actually heard Gary V say the other day, like creating content is your legacy in 50, a hundred years, people are going to look back and be able to see who you were and what you were about based on this content you've been putting out and I'm starting to put out. So that's a, that's a fun thought of like building a legacy and we're building our legacy. You're doing in your twenties. I'm doing in my thirties. Like, yeah, that's a, it's a really encouraging idea. Yeah. And especially for you, right. Cause you're, you're growing with your family. So yeah. Is that a thought process? It, like hundred percent in, in 10 years, yeah. like, you know, my daughter's going to see me talking yeah. about money Teach. And- yeah. Uh, and hopefully learning something. Yeah. I, well, that's what was really neat. I journaled a little bit through college and then really heavily in the NFL yeah. with that thought of I want my, my family, my future family. I didn't know who they were at the time, but I want my family to be able to experience this. Mm. And now I've got to turn some of those stories into fun little quips and presentations or socially or whatever. But truly, when the time's right and they have an interest and are willing to sit down, They'll get to meet dad at 22, 24, that mm. athlete mind, that competitor's mind. I actually just went back and read uh, a passage from about 10 years ago now, wow. and it was around fear. And it was around my succumbing to this idea around fear. Fear always kind of uh, it, it, it kind of prohibited me from finding success. And it was that tipping point where I realized, especially in a football field, everybody feels that fear. Yeah. But the other guy is using it and giving him energy. And so yeah. I started to turn that fear into energy. Uh, and that's when I really started to find success on the field. And just, it was just, it's so neat to be able to capture that mindset from so long ago. You still journal? You do that every day or what? Not every day. Um, and now it's, it's kind of a tough part because a lot of it's going on to my phone, which I hate. I yeah. do still have my pen and paper journal, which I'll get in at minimum twice a week. Okay. Sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on what's going on. But I, I have very rarely ever missed a week without writing, sitting down in my chair and actually putting pen on paper. But now, as you see, I got scrapbooks and notebooks and yeah. all the bid. I have one for work and one for, you know, my personal writing and one for, you know, football writing. And so it's it's kind of getting scattered. Yeah. And I need to find a way to make it a little more digitally focused. Mm. I actually lost one of my journals on a plane um, and it broke my heart. And it was, yeah, it was, it's still to this day kind of is. That is, gives me anxiety. It's <laughs> terrible. And it was actually the birth of my second daughter, Perry Nola. So wow. I captured as much of it as I could into the journal I started from it but yeah it's still like I'll never get that back yeah and believe it or not Alaska Airlines isn't going to go looking for it for me (laughs) no but that's it journaling something that I've been on and off with Mm -hmm. I feel sometimes I I turn it into a chore to do Ah. a lot of other things and sometimes say if I my goal is to do it in the morning Right, it's like, yeah. shit. Where am I going to find the the, the twenty, 20 minutes, minutes that yeah. it takes? You yeah. know, it doesn't really take that much time, but in my head, it does, mm-hmm. and it's another chore I have to do, 
or if it's after the work day, then it's like, man, the last thing I want to do is like focus and write and like, yeah. I'm, you're kind of judging what you're writing at the same time. Um, See, but I just I just got this book that um, my girlfriend turned me on to that she heard from some other podcast called The Artist's Way. The Artist's Way. Yeah. Wow. And it's a uh, it's something. The main focus of it is is called Morning Pages. Okay. Which is something that people like Tim Ferriss and Rich Roll and, and some other pretty prominent podcasters and, and writers talk about. That it's just it's kind of like a brain dump three pages mm -hmm. every morning and you don't and you don't the goal is to not take your pen off the paper you just write anything yeah. anything and everything um, and so there's no judgment you're literally just writing for the sake of writing and some good things might come up and some bad things might pop up versus me where I'd be like alright at the end of the day like what did I what did I learn what did I not do well what did I do well like yeah. what's my takeaway and I'm like trying to get too analytical too, and yeah. that's like how my brain works and but so. it's and it's just like meditation it's a training process yeah. and I actually and I, I totally understand the ch the chore kind of mindset of it yeah. but for me it is really refreshing mm. like when I don't get to do that brain dump and that's what I was going to say is for me it's less of like trying to write something good and more of just letting the pen flow. Mm. And it is as close to God or a spiritual presence as I can ever get because I look back on that and that's my truest self. Yeah. Because you'll write a page or two, go back and read it and be like, man, I kind of blacked out there for a while. And you <laughs> yeah. just, you roll. Yeah. Uh, and you see little pieces that is in your subconscious that you didn't have any idea was really coming to a head. Yeah. Um, and so it is. It's a, it's a mindset. It is a time commitment. It's very meditative, like because yeah. it's personal. Um, but it is something that, even if once a week you sat down and just and being able, given a framework. And I don't know if those morning pages give you that framework. But I, when I began journaling, I always started with like where I was. So it was like, hey, I'm sitting in Seattle. It's a sunny day, yeah. you know, and just getting it rolling. Because then you'll start to flow mm. through and just go with that, like, who, what, where, when, why kind of mindset. Um, that has always really helped me. And, like, from a like annual perspective, I look at, like, goals. So it's, you know, financial goals, my future goals, my fitness goals, my football goals, my family goals. Do they all start with F? Yeah. So I call <laughs> it the five Fs. Um, and football yeah. has become kind of like business. So football has sure. always kind of made, made say, had that similarity to me. But having that framework has given me, okay, like I wrote down this thought and idea and then what's the next lead into where I wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I want to, I want to get back going. I get, I feel that meditative experience when I'm writing, mm -hmm. when I'm just writing, right. You know, I'm writing a blog or something yeah. like that. And you feel those pieces of your subconscious or it's almost like sometimes when I'm writing something that's supposed to be motivational, it's, yeah. I'm writing it for myself. Oh, totally. More than anything else. I'm not totally. telling you to be, do no. this or do that. I'm kind of giving myself a pep talk because I need it. But that's how you've been able to maintain. Yeah, that's yeah. that authenticity. Yeah. And some people, like when I first started making like posts, some people were like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? Like, are you trying to, and I'm like, honestly, I was thinking it, I wrote it down, I sent it out. Right. It's for me. If you get something from it, that is all the better. But, like, yeah. this is what I was thinking about this right. morning. And I, I, when I read your stuff, that's very much how it feels. It's like you are in a mindset that this is helping you as much as it's helping your, your readers and your followers. Big time. That is attractive. That is authentic. And yeah. that is that personal brand. That's what I'm saying. Like, I see your branding and your messaging. And I'm like, I know exactly what this guy's about. Yeah. That's rare. 
Yeah. You know, and it's you fine tune it more and more. And we were talk we talk about this. Like that's what I've been doing over the last year, eighteen months. Yeah. Is really fine tuning. What exactly does Jed want to be known for? Yeah. And for a long time, it was jock or athlete, football, whatever. Any, warrior poet was that warrior? It? I love that. That's a great memory. Yeah, warrior poet. Uh, and I still feel that. And actually, it's oddly you say that. Looking back on my journals, I wrote poetry. So, yeah. like, I would love to release or video reading some of that stupid. Let's put that on the but, spot. Yeah, put that it out is, there. This is getting published, so uh, people are gonna know. Yeah, right. So it's, it's this is, so that will come along yeah. with like my my meditations. When I like, even t- I have a morning meditation. One of my buddies from football just started his job, uh, and so I sent him like just what I tell myself. Not every morning, but a lot of mornings that yeah. really help you through kind of the day. And it's just those those things. Oh, I'm not going to share that now. <laughs> uh, but those things really help you kind of get through it. And it just it's a, it's it's a really neat process to begin to see yourself. Yeah. Manage your expectations, direct your ego, focus on what you can control, find peace in what you cannot, and enjoy this moment. It's a little five-breath exercise. Mm-hmm. I usually do it as I get out of the car to head into the gym. Yeah. And each one has a different takeaway, and I always want to end on that enjoy this moment because that is the quickest one I always forget. Yeah. Uh, Re-say those? Manage your expectations. Yeah. Direct your ego. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you can control. Find peace in what you cannot. Enjoy this moment. It's good, right? That's good. That's not bad. Is that all you? That's all me. Wow. That's that warrior poet in there. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Speaking of, before we get any deeper, before speaking of warrior poet, do you know who Aubrey Marcus is? Aubrey Marcus, no. Have you heard of the company On It? Yeah. He's the founder of it. Okay. Uh, And that's what he calls himself, also, the warrior poet. And he's... um, you got to show you, I was listening to a podcast of his uh, yesterday um, while I was up here in Seattle, and I was I thought of you because the guy that was interviewing him said called him the warrior poet, and they, they kind of riffed on that for a minute. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, that's, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's Jet. Yeah. And so it's it's funny. He's a really good athlete. Um, you look at him, and he's just ripped up, but he's also gets deep into writing and meditation mm-hmm. and yoga and spirituality and things like that, so he's really tethers on both lines and mm-hmm. so it's it's someone that is worth checking out and he's it's, got a great book uh own the own the day own your life mm, i love that and that's this is what i love about people like you is <laughs> you always i always walk away with notes of of stuff to go find own the day own the own your life own your life yeah you'll like it i will like it uh there's a book I read originally when I was playing called uh, Train Your Mind, Change Your Brain. Okay. And it was the beginning of the what I came to understand around neuroplasticity. Yeah. Um, but it's that same kind of little rhythmic mantra of I'm learning more and more as I'm in this game. Yeah. Your title, your first line, your grabber. Yeah. There's got to be some something to it. There's an equation there. Yeah. It's unwritten, unspoken, but... Own the day, own your life. Right. I know exactly where we're headed. Right. Uh, you know, and that's that's what's neat. So speaking of which, teach me money. Teach me money. You're talking about that that audience. What does Jed want to be known for? Yeah. Did some kind of self discovery to get there and mm-hmm. honed it over time. So let's let's talk about it. let's talk about let's what, talk what you're about doing it. there. So teach me money is kind of the umbrella around yeah. all the creation around financial literacy, financial education. 
Uh, my mission statement is to empower people to own their financial futures. Mm. Um, and if I was going to even take it a step further, it would be empowering young people. Uh, I deliver to high schools, colleges, companies, kind of people of all ages. But if I was really looking at a, an audience that I wanted to be able to impact and influence, it would be senior in high school up through your third year on the job. So yeah. 18 to 25. I think that group is, number one, thirsty for this information. They have a huge problem. Um, one, it's not in the educational system. Two, they're starting out their lives in a very funny time and place, and the vast majority of them will be behind the curve with debt and these other challenges. Yeah. Uh, and it's just an audience that I find motivating. I get energy from. I've delivered in front of rooms, and to see a 22-year-old come wait in line to come up to you after your presentation and say, these two or three points or principles really changed me, or, or I'd never heard of this. I'm going to go and show some of this stuff to my family and my parents. Like, yeah. It's just it's so neat. And the idea is that's where I'm going to build my foundation. I can always grow up. I right. just don't think you can grow back. Um, it's kind of like respect. You can always give more respect. Yeah. It's hard to take some respect away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my strength coach in college used to say that. I was I like, like why are you so mean to the freshmen? He's <laughs> like, I can always give you more respect. Yeah. Can't take any of it back. So that's funny. Uh, so that's the that's the group, the niche. I think I'm focused on. Yeah. Um, and so the teach me money would be the level one book are the first ten questions to begin your financial journey. Yeah. And it's a it's a really fun. I'm trying to take not I wouldn't say I'm creating new principles, but I'm trying to take financial principles, create a medium that people understand them, stories that people will have the takeaway. And then ending with, okay, here are my action items that I'm going to go do. Yeah. Uh, and so the book breaks down to those 10 concepts, and each one was just a little blog post I wrote to myself to answer it. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned kind of the, the time and situation that we're in. And mm-hmm. by we, I mean maybe anyone out there 18 to 35 Yep. Um, that's in financially. That It seems like the majority of us are in a tough spot mm-hmm. um, where... We don't really have any any or very little financial literacy. Uh, it's almost frowned upon to even think about that type of stuff because you see movies like Wolf of Wall Street yeah. or Wall Street that really you know paints a negative picture. Yeah. We're painted with five to six figures of debt coming out of school, oftentimes that we may or may not have even known about when we signed the papers mm-hmm. when we're 17. And when we're 17, when we're 17, you make that decision. Came and vote. It's amazing. And you're, and it's generally when you're growing up in a lot of households. I won't speak for everyone, but it's it's frowned upon to talk about at the dinner mm-hmm. table about money. About oh yeah, where's the where's the fi- family finances and the, the budget and you know why do we have this car versus that car or this mm-hmm. house versus that house and you know why does why is my friend you know you know really you know uh, wealthy or not wealthy you know it's just, it's almost taboo to talk about yeah. So how did we get to this place? Is this a unique spot that we're in versus other generations, or what? I think the lack of education has always been. Yeah. Uh, each decade kind of has its small group of people seeking to understand this world better, uh, the financial world. But in many respects, the financial industry wants to keep you unknown, yeah. wants to keep you naive, wants to keep you a neophyte. 
the education system for some reason has never glorified, and when I say glorify, I mean taught money. And why that is can be interpreted a, a number of ways. It's never just boiled to the, the hierarchy and said this is a, a basic principle and staple of life that we all need to learn. You know, kind of going back to that home economics idea is like you all need to be able to do these fundamental things regardless of what career or profession you choose, everybody's going to have to deal with money. Right. Um, and so one other concept you said, which I'm, I'm really enjoying, is the family dynamic. Yeah. My father is the first one to walk out of a room if I bring up money. Right, it's right. amazing, yeah. and which is what partially intrigued me about it is he was a, a educate, he, was, he was poor dad. Yeah. He was highly educated. He was a lawyer. He ran his own firm. And he's had the vast majority of his net worth sitting in a savings account since 2000 mm. because he got burned in 99, 2000. He was like, I'm out. I'm going to put it in. And there are $12 trillion today in America sitting in savings accounts or money market accounts. And is there a place for that in your personal plan? Absolutely. But it was this idea that we are introduced to money as spenders. We are introduced to it on this daily basis. You get money, you spend money. You get money, you spend money. The fortunate ones start to ask, okay, well, I want to have some accumulated. I want to have some cushion, some, and I, I have a goal. I want to go achieve this car or this vacation or this thing. And so we become savers. Right. So we go from spendor to savor. And you start to see money in this year, maybe two-year time frame. And what I realized was my father never understood money well enough to become that third leg of an investor, spendor, savor, investor, Mm -hmm. and started to see money. And even though he lost money in 2000 in the market, if he had that long-term time frame saying, I'm 35 years old, I lost money in the market, but when I'm 45, it will come back, he would have just handled the whole situation differently. And so I challenged him and myself of, well, why didn't he? It's because he was raised in a very poor household. Yeah. He went to school and became a lawyer, which lawyers, doctors are the first ones to commit a lot of financial mistakes because they've been told all their life, just get a good job. You're always going to get more money so yeah. that you can kind of be free will with it. Um, and he just never had this education. And so I started to head down this path and I challenged myself to understand why. Why is investing both risky mm-hmm. and also necessary? Right. And it is necessary. Right. Um, and the best takeaway I've gotten from a lot of my classes that I've taught, so I teach classes, I teach workshops, and all these kinds of things, the best things I've gotten are emails from the parents yeah. who say, you started a great conversation in our house. Yeah. Our child, our son, our daughter are starting to ask us questions they would have never asked before. Right. And now you've given me as the parent a framework to address it. And so like that is the mo- one of the most rewarding pieces. I would say number one would be a student coming up to me and saying this was great. Number two, having the parents say this taboo subject, whether we didn't want to talk about it or the child didn't want to talk about it, they're now having that open discussion. And they're having it because I try to explain the situation of why it's important and why we need to have this conversation and learn from one another. And if your parents and your family don't have these answers, be the first one in your family. Last generation, there were endless first people to go to college. Even this generation, a lot of people are going to the college in their family for the first time. I think this is the first generation that is going to look around and say, 
we bre- we birthed a whole generation of investors. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we started in a hole in debt. We started to look at the financial crisis and all these kinds of things and who's trying to steal money and take money from me and why did I need it all? Like why why? Because I'm sitting in the driver's seat of my own career, of my own future, of my own destination mm-hmm. and I'm driving. I almost think that if you compare the two, if you compare the normal, quote unquote, normal millennial that comes out, they have you know five six figures of debt, mm-hmm. you know, so, solid entry level job, you know, call it sales job because you know yeah. a lot of people get into sales, versus maybe your father who came out probably no debt from school or or he lower. went to law school so he got debt okay. Yeah. okay comes in with you know probably a higher earning position in, yep. as a lawyer. Um, but the fact that you start out low and you have that debt, and if you understand money and you set the goals to chip away at that debt over time and you feel that satisfaction of being able to knock it out and then you start yep. becoming uh, and you know you invest and you save and, and you spend and, and you do it the right way, it probably makes it more rewarding and it probably makes you more educated on the topic because you started off oh, in yeah. the red if you see kind of the you, obstacle flip it on its yeah, head that way. You don't have room for error. Right. And number one, you you begin and this is what I really try to encourage is begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Set a goal. So I go through a series it's called Rich Goals, R I C H and we kind of set what those are and I say like most of the audience I deliver to are 40 and under. Mm-hmm. So I say if anybody writes down the rich goals retirement or free I'm coming back there and I'm going to slap you around. Like that's just that's not a goal because the right. number one thing is it's got to be reachable and it's got to be tangible. Mm-hmm. And so I would ideally say what's your one week, one month and one year rich goals. Okay. And that's how you begin to define it is I get to see a 1% progress to my goal or a 10% progress whatever it is, that motivates me. That encourages me. And then it what you what you also said is if you start in the red and you work yourself and you educate yourself you will have built the correct habits. And so the Money Buckets workshop I deliver is around the first set of habits mm-hmm. you need from a cash management understanding. And so everything I do around Teach Me Money is to use money, U-S-E. Understand money, strategize around money, and be efficient with your money, mm-hmm. U-S-E. And the first level one on concepts is you got to understand them. you got to be introduced to them. And then as you strategize them and you begin to build it, you then are able to find those habits of success. I got to train, and we talked about it on the last podcast, around the rookie to veteran, but I got to see the best in the world operate, and the ones who were the most successful routinely did exactly what they were supposed to do, almost to a fault, almost to an annoying fault, but they (laughs) built those routines that built the habits, and that's how they found the success. Money is no different. The first one I challenge every student to come through is, Go from that spender mindset. So I, I my cue in the, the habit sequence, cue, trigger, reward. My cue is I received money. Yep. Typically, the second routine is how do I spend this? The first habit I want to change is go from how do I spend to how do I use this? Just that subtle shift mm-hmm. creates a new habit, and it focuses on a new reward. So now we have our rich goals, our reward. We have our same cue, but then this subtle little change of how do I spend to how do I use it's a, it's a whole new ball game you've been introduced to because now you're seeing money as a vehicle. Right. And if I were to give the best takeaway from Teach Me Money, because I love the fire club, I love people who use Mint and go through Excel sheets and all that. It's like you guys are far ahead of the game. But in my mind, you are still a slave to money. 
And I don't want to be a slave to money. I want to use money for what it needs to be, which money to me is the vehicle to get what I want. I don't want it to be my goal. I don't want it to be my focus. My goal is not a million dollars. My goal is what that million dollars represents to me. It's not the money. The money is the verb, the vehicle. Um, And so if I were to give the best takeaway, it would be to say use money because that puts that action sequence to it uh, around empowerment and engagement saying, I control money. Money doesn't control me. I think people who say I'm going to live on 10% of my income and save 90%, I think money controls their mindset. And whether, you know, I and I would love people to debate this, but what kind of freedom does it say if I'm going to retire for be free at 42 and I only get to spend $400 a month? Like I, I just, I don't know what that life means. Right. I'm still a prisoner to the almighty money, the almighty dollar. I want to be free from it because I used it, I understood it, I strategized it, and then I found some efficiencies to make it even more maximized, and that's the vehicle I want to use. And you make your certain amount of money and you identify what it's for, right? So you know that you have to you know, live in an apartment or a house or whatever it may be. You have those sunk costs or you have those hard costs that you, everyone has in their life. Mm-hmm. And then identifying what do I need to save and invest for my future goals, whatever those may be. I want to get into that in a second. Um, but then it's, it's where I maybe sometimes come into play for, for me personally, if I'm being selfish is yep. I'm pretty good at sa- at putting money aside, whether that's saving or whether that's investing mm-hmm. and I'm pretty tight with a buck. Yeah. And so on the, on the flip end of that, especially if someone grew up in a household where if money was tight and a lot of the conversation was around, Hey, you know, we can't do X because of money yeah. or Y because of money. Um, how do you maybe train yourself to have the mindset of, I put that money aside, I have whatever dollar amount I can spend, I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to enjoy going out to dinner or, you know, taking that, that vacation once a year because I earned it and I set the money aside and I'm not going to worry about all that money, but it's, it's, it's something in the, in the mental shift. It's, it's in the strategy of it. Yeah. And I, you honestly didn't mean to do this, but you teed me up perfectly, so I'm going to take go. it. Take it. So Money Buckets is around a sequence, a sequence of choices, filling up the five buckets that every dollar you make is going to fall into. Okay. And how you get to that last bucket or my present choices where I get to go out to dinner, I get to do all these fun things, is is you get to enjoy that bucket because I know my other four buckets are filled. Mm-hmm. Once you have an idea uh, and an understanding around, I know I got to have my future goal. I know I got to pay my society taxes. I know I got to take care of my debts and my bills. I know I want to help other people. And then I get to this fifth bucket that is my present day choices. Once I have those other four filled, I get to spend this freely. Yeah. I get to have coffee when I want or go out to lunch or go do whatever, have another glass of wine. Because I've strategized. It's a system now. It's not a guessing game. It's a habit. I've built my routine process to say my paycheck funnels through these four buckets and then it lands in my checking account. And my Mm -hmm. checking account is what I get to look at and live on. And that is a series of personal choices, which is kind of what we work through in the Money Buckets Workshop. But it is that empowering to say, I know every dollar I make is going to fall into one of these five buckets. I get to choose which bucket I'm filling, mm-hmm. and then I also get to enjoy exactly what goes into each bucket because I've empowered myself to make these decisions. It's not go through the month and hope at the end we get to where we want to get to. Now I have a system designed 
out for me. And that's how I would say is you get to enjoy money when you understand money and you've worked it to where money is now working for you. And that's the biggest step to being an investor is you stop working for money. Money goes and works for you. It becomes your employee. And that is the most enjoyable thing about money is when you look at it and say, man, again, there's an opportunity cost. You mentioned sunk costs earlier. I love the idea between measuring a sunk cost versus an opportunity cost. Those decisions are just endless. But if you can systemize it, you can create those habits of success in any trade, money included. And so it's not just in that in that spectrum. It's not just more for the sake of more, right? It's no. not just I'm saving more because... I, you know, I want 100 more dollars to yep. save. It's I have those numbers already set. So if yep. I take care of those first four buckets, then with the fifth bucket, let's go. You let's, know, let's let's do whatever. Let's yeah. go out to dinner. Let's you know paint the town red, whatever it may be, because you put in, you had the discipline and you had the plan. Yep. On the first four, you had your pl- discipline, you had your plan, and you had the foresight, knowing yeah. this wasn't the end of the game. Right. At each month, people are like, "Well, I'm going to go spend this because I deserve it." And, da, 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 and it's like, well. Is that in that bucket? Then go for it. Have a great time. Right. If you see it as my one month rich goal was X and I'm achieving that, I've accomplished that, enjoy that. Take pride in that. Yeah. And, you know, and do whatever you want with the, the excess. If your one year goal is continuing to drive towards that, then that is empowering. Like that stops you from saying, oh, well, I need to go do this extra $20 because, you know, this, that, and the other. It's like, no. I got my 10, 12, 15%, whatever that number was, or, you know, I've got my six months emergency fund, or I, I've got two two years of my salary saved, like whatever that number is for you. Yeah. If you are hitting that goal, own it, take pride in it, and stop letting it control you. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the thought is it passes into those buckets before it lands in your checking account site. And then you know, all right, I got... Taxes taken out. I got my future taken out. I got this taken out. I got that. Boom. So how do you how do you help people with finding what that goal is? Because someone that say they're in college, they just graduated, like me. You know, I'm I'm 25. I don't have a family. I don't have a house. I'm not in the market for a house or a yeah. car. Like living in the bay, goal? it's hard, man. Right? Yeah, living yeah. in the bay is. I mean, you got enough expenses got, on yeah, our own. Yeah. So like, what what's my goal? What other than like I want to have X amount saved invested whatever like how do i set set the right goal that's a, it's a great question number one your goals are personal your goal yeah. so rich r-i-c-h the i stands for individual i can't tell you what your goals are i would go with what your passions are yeah. and those will always help you define your goals again it's not a big pile of money at the end of the rainbow it's i'm really passionate about i don't know boating my goal this year is to go and maybe take a class in this boating. So that's my one-year goal. It's going to cost me 500 bucks, but I want to go take this thing. Or I yeah. love trail hiking or whatever it is. Like Find your passions and define your goals around that. Mm. And then from a savings perspective or, or putting into what you are going to put into your future choice perspective, I actually define a $50,000 income which you can scale up from there and give you a high-level percentage of what should fall into each based on that 22 to 28 time, you know, time frame of how old you are. Yeah. Ideally, we would work up to 15%. 15%. A yeah. quote in a, word, in a term I love is easy to remember is, I made a dollar, I saved a dime. 
made a dollar, I saved a dime. So if you begin with that 10%, if every paycheck you've ever made, 10% is going to that future bucket, you will be fine. Yeah. You will be well on your way. If I made a dollar, I saved a dime. Now, where we build into that is the first goal is, is in my book, always get out of credit card debt. Yeah. The second one would be the emergency fund. Yeah. But if I were to put one in between there, it would be getting your employer match. Yeah. So it would be credit card debt, employer match, then your emergency fund. Susie Orman might get mad at me, but <laughs> just from an opportunity cost and a returns perspective, 100% return on your money and your employer match just cannot be beat. So right. go get that free money. Then you do your emergency fund, and even with your emergency fund, that's that 10 15%. You start at 10%, you go to 12%, you go to 15%. If you got to start at 5%, each time you get a raise or a commission check, drop 1% onto your 401k, onto your future bucket, whatever that is. Yeah. The 1% climb is so looked down on, but any athlete, anybody who understands strength in lifting realizes what the power of those five-pound weights are. Yeah. You PR, you break records based on these lightest little measurement in the entire weight room. Yeah. That is how significant a 1% change in your future bucket can, can make. Because it compounds. Because it compounds. And it just it takes you to that next level. Yeah. You go from 495 to 505, you burst through that 500-pound barrier. And that's that's a, not what I'm working with. That's now. not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anymore either, to tell you the truth. Shoot. I'm, I'm doing much more yoga than I, I do heavy squats anymore. But it's that, that idea, the compounding effect of a five-pound weight, of a 1% increase. Yeah. It's just continuing to head in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and so if I was starting out today, I would say start at 10%. If you can stomach and you can handle 12%, go to 12 If you can do 15 15 is ideal. Mm-hmm. And it would put you on such a better trajectory. To where at the at thirty you should have about two years of your base salary saved, thirty five maybe four, forty or when you get to forty you have that four to six, and ultimately as you look at retirement you should have about twelve years of your salary saved. Yeah. Um, and you know you can back into the four percent rule however you want to measure it, but yeah. it is there is a framework, but it is also really concerning at how few people are saving into this bucket. If you look at the average savings of 20-year-olds, it's in the teens of thousands. It's about $16,000, $17,000 of how much they have saved. Mm-hmm. So we are, again, because of student loans in your 20s, you're behind the ball. But then you get in your 30s, you do have a wife, you do have kids, and then you get in your 40s and you want a nicer house. So each decade has its own series of reasons why you should, but you should always manage to pay yourself first. And if you put your goal your rich goal first, you will always hit it. And do you talk to people or have you thought at all about the other end of the spectrum and, and what you're earning? Mm-hmm. And whether it's someone in college trying to identify what job do I go into versus someone that is in their first five years and how do I get that salary bump? How do I add more value? Am I doing the right thing? Do you do you talk about that at all? Do you think about that at all? Or are you more so on the... Well, there's on the flip side, I mean, there's only so much you can yeah, cover. Yeah, there, there's only so much you can cover, and I actually am continually challenged to reduce my content in in presentations because yeah. I'm like, I got you for an hour. I want to give you as much as I Everything. can. Everything, yeah, yeah. But really, the, you know, the power of three. You always want people to walk away with three things. Yeah. Um, so I don't specifically address how to control your income. That's yeah. 
even as a company, so I work for a company called Brighton Jones, and we're personal CFOs. And our slogan, to some degree, is you are a great wealth creator. Mm. We help you manage and efficiently use it. So the creation side is something that, no, I, I haven't begun to kind of give guidance around that. I think as the curriculum grows and as the foundation grows of yeah. I have this understanding, I have this set, I am growing and I'm getting it, I think there could be something to that. But I would push it back on your side of the table and say you are much more into that mindset than I am. Yeah, I'm more in the, again, the queue of I now have money. You're more in the queue of how did I go get that dollar? Right. Uh, and so that that would be something that maybe we collaborate and you 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 give kind of that side of the story. Well, yeah, and I think that there's ways that people overlook the ability that your ability to get that right. I mean, people think you the only way that you're going to get more money is you get your three percent raise at the end yeah. of the year for doing your job. Yeah. Versus, well, what if I you know quadruple my output or double my output in my job and do more than that's asked of me and go above and beyond and god forbid if you're in sales and you hit you you don't just hit your quota you exceed your quota then you're jumping from that 50k that we talked about earlier to you know 55 or 60 which is that's significant 20 percent jump i mean that's a lot of money and then all of a sudden your goals can shift on what you can save and what you can spend and what you can invest so Mm -hmm. um it's something that I think is a lot of people focus, I think on one or the other, yeah. like as a human, like you yep. focus on, man, once I make a hundred grand, I'm set. Yep. Well, you're still spending all your money. Oh yeah. Or it's, you know, I, I'm going to save everything I got. Well, it's like, well, you're making 12 K a year. Like if you just bump that up a little bit, you're going to be in a little better position. Yeah. So it's a balancing. It's act. a balancing act. Yeah. And it is, a, it is a beautiful chemistry equation to it. But uh, no, I and I challenge myself even now as I as I look at and we always do is streams of income. Yeah, and I have my W two and you know the old joke is nobody gets wealthy on W two. So what are you creating? And you've done this. I'm, you're now creating a podcast and a blog and personal brand and other forms. You go and maybe get a rental property. You go right. and so you start to create those streams of income. That's an area where I begin to talk about and diagnose. Yeah. How to get more at your workplace is, is a subject that is very challenging and difficult, but is one that is desperately needed. So it's kind of, again, it's like you said, it's that be- beautiful balance. Yeah, we well, already covering a lot of ground. Yeah. With what you're, with and your see, and then I go to, so I, a buddy's wife uh, made this comment uh, like a week or two ago. They were talking about going to Hawaii, and he was talking about budget, and it's going to make. And her comment was, this sounds like an income problem, not an outcome problem. Yeah. <laughs> to which we all kind of chuckled and looked, yeah. and we're like, oh, my gosh, that was either really witty and creative Very or large. really mean. Yeah, <laughs> like, damn. Uh, but there is. This could be an income problem. Right. How do you go and create and generate more income? Yeah, that's true. So. When you when you div, uh, bring this message to you're bringing it to a lot of universities, you're bringing yeah. it to you know young workers at you know large organizations. Yeah. I don't know if we, if we can mention any of them or anything yeah. like that, but like, are, are there questions or or uh, negative situations or anything that like come up time and time again that you're just seeing as trends that people are like, I just don't understand this, or yeah, I hear you, Jed, but 
this is my problem. Like, is, is there a trend that you see in, when you're meeting with a lot of these people? What's really neat is I've got to deliver to a wide scale of economic uh, rooms, socioeconomic yeah. environments. Um, and so, no, the, the questions are endless. Yeah. Uh, typically, you know, just starting out, people want to know, how, one, how much should I be saving? Two, what's the difference between a traditional and a Roth? Yeah. You know, that's always a fun one. I love to explain to them what a fiduciary is. I try to work yeah. that into, I have a little story about a waiter uh, in understanding what a fiduciary is. And then what to actually go invest in is mm-hmm. a typical. Um, but again, I go into some rooms and it's, let's talk about good debt and bad debt. Let's talk about student loans and credit cards and should payday loans be on my radar? No. So <laughs> if anybody's asking that question, the answer is no, a hard no. Credit cards, a hard no. Student loans, we, we have a discussion about. Right. Um, and so the general guidelines are, and this is what the Teach Me Money framework is, is I've been in and delivered to a lot of rooms. Yeah. These 10 questions are not by any means the end-all, be-all, but these are 10 questions that are going to get you off on the right foot. Yeah. They're going to introduce you again, to a holistic view of personal finances. So I want to introduce you to insurance coverage. I want to introduce you to tax planning. I want to introduce you to cybersecurity. Yeah. I want to introduce you to uh, vehicles like different t- different types of investment vehicles. Um, and so through all of these, it's not just cash management. It's not just goal setting. It is the fundamentals of what I am going to have to take on the day I leave college or the day I have my own job. Yeah. And so that's what's broken down. You got the book coming out book this coming summer. Out this summer. Book is going to be finalized. We're trying to get a little more. The last step is, you know, ed- finishing editing and then getting creative with some of the visuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not naive. I realize the book needs to go digital. So recording it as a podcast, my idea is to record it as videos mm-hmm. and then have the video series. Um, and then be continue to build from there. Continue yeah. to build a game with it. Continue to build interesting concepts. Take the continual barrage of information and data that I'm getting as I go and present, and build. Uh, we've already built out level two and level three, and the goal would be to have the seventy percent, the seventy percent of Americans who are asking very similar questions empower them enough to be able to create their own plan yeah so what's not being taught in school what's not being taught in the financial world because we either want you to stay blind or i want to make money off of you make give them some direction of how to make these decisions for themselves save some money along the way and really have a clear direction of where they're going yeah then you know at some point there needs to be some expertise and some help and that can always be you know, needed, and I'm in the industry of doing that. Yeah. But for uh, what I've realized is for a large subset of the, the uh, majority, we can answer the big questions, and I want to help answer those questions. Yeah. It, and something that I like to do when I'm reading a book, and this might be weird, is so when I'm done, I go to the end, and you see sometimes there's a list of the author recommends books, or yeah. you see in the bibliography some of the things they quoted, and I go there, and like that's how I pick out my next read if huh, there was something cool. they touched on. Yeah. So on that thread, I'm curious on like, all right, you're clearly a very knowledgeable guy around a lot of these topics. Like, where do you go to get your knowledge on this? Like, uh, is there 
Uh, is there a book that you recommend? Is you know outside of yours? Is that you <laughs> read? You know, Wall uh, Street Journal every day. Are there people like you know bloggers that you follow? Or like, how do you stay informed? Or how did you you know learn? Or, or how can you know the everyday person like myself yeah. keep keep up to date with this? So I began with Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. I, if anybody's looking for an introductory book, it is still bar none probably one of the best ones out there. Yeah. If you're looking at more of a an investing format, uh, Bogleheads. Kind of goes into um, what Vanguard and their founder, their philosophies are on investing, and it's going to bring you to why Vanguard is, you know, crushing it in the index space and how they build them and why they build them. Uh, a simple plan to wealth or a simple plan for wealth uh, by my cousin J. L. Collins. It's not really my cousin, but same last <laughs> name. I'll take it. Uh, that was a good one. You had me fooled. Yeah, um, and. Truly, I want to, um, and I do. So Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, yeah. uh, the uh, the uh, millionaire next door, not the millionaire next door, modern-day millionaire. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Uh, and so what I want to do is take a step back and give more of the holistic view. Yeah. So I don't feel like there's a book out there that categorizes enough of the other questions. Everybody wants to focus on the sexy thing of of investing right and that is definitely the engine and the fuel and we got to cover it but really in your 20s putting your money into an S&P index or a global index or some kind of index yeah. is bar none the best thing you can do with it and so right. i feel like i can cover investments in a few short chapters when you by the time you understand what we're talking about right uh, so i don't want to write a book on investing i want to write a book that says i am now in 27 are 22 or 32, I'm actually facing not just where do I put my investment money, I'm facing a lot of questions. I want to write the book that says, all right, here is the story of going through your life and the questions you're going to come to. Are you going to be able to file your own taxes? I don't know. Maybe, depending on how smooth and easy the income is. but. Right. To begin that, like you got to understand what the progressive tax system is. You got to understand gross to net. We got to understand the basic fundamentals. Yeah. So then I can get you to why W two income is not the ideal, and you want to go and create these other income streams because from a tax lens, they're just better. Um, and then dialing in on investments, like I don't want to look at investments from a return perspective. I want to look at investments from what I can control, which is the allocation, the diversification, and the fees. And the taxes. Mm. So if I look at those four lenses, I now look at how I can control my investing, not so much what the performance of the investing is. But again, that's not looking investing through the investing lens. That's looking at investing through the tax lens. Right. And then taking it a step further and saying, well, we should start to look at some stuff through the estate lens and understanding what those things are. Yeah. Is that something you need to do at 22? No, not necessarily. But even for yourself, you're starting to accumulate. you got some money. Do you, do you, when do you think you need an estate plan? I have no idea. The joke is, especially <laughs> in California, you already have one. The government will decide it. If you haven't yeah. written out a will of what you want to happen, they will decide it for you. It's interstate. Yeah. And especially in California, you don't want to go through that, and you don't want your loved ones to go through that. Right. So it's just those con comprehension of these other facets of my financial life that I need to be introduced to beyond budgeting, beyond investing, what are those things? And right. those are what I really want to address. And again, I want to get to level three, four, five, but you got to start at level one. You got to set the foundation. You do a really good job of, you know, of one, making it 
more interesting than I think people think that finances are. Yeah. Right? You think it's it's kind of boring stuff, and you know you relate it to you know some of your sports days. You relate yep. it to different games. You relate it to um, you know other people's experiences, your own experiences, mm-hmm. and like you were saying earlier, you're focused on the fundamentals. Like you played with you know Drew Brees, I believe back in the day. Yep. Like how many? eight-yard slant routes that that guy throw a day, you probably couldn't Thousands. Even, yeah. yeah. And so it's like that's the same thing with mm-hmm. what you're focusing on finance, and it's probably what you focus on in all the different yep. Fs yeah. that, you're, that you're targeting. And as far as those kinds of concepts, dealing with investing, it is it takes 10 years to make up for one really bad year. Yeah. And so when you look at investing, always having that framework in mind, mm-hmm. that really sense still of like, okay, Maybe it's not worth that risk because yeah. if that scenario does come, it's going to take me a lot longer to make up for it. Yeah, I, there's a stat I read once that like always stood out to me that if you had a hundred dollars and you lost half of it, right? And say if you in like what would it take for you to make you know like double your yeah. but you'd have to double uh, your money just to get back to even, yeah. right? And it's you know impossible, not impossible, but it's really hard to double your money. Yep. Right, just because you lost half of it. Yeah. So it's almost like the odds, the way that that works out, are always against you in that way. And you, yeah. it's, it's, you know, you're trying to just keep moving forward. You're trying yeah. to keep moving forward. Let's keep taking steps in the right direction. That's it, man. Huh. That's it. Um, what else you got for us? Anything? Any other? Any other? Uh, any other parting words? I mean, you're the the amount of content that you've gone from. Again, when we first talked, when I first met you, the was football guy, probably zero. It yeah. Was, the picture for the podcast was mm-hmm. you in your Saints uniform. I, I think you yeah. you were all set playing, but that was the talk track. That was what we were going through. And now it's you're on Twitter, you're on LinkedIn, you're getting after it, you're creating the book, you you got, you know, it looks like studio. a little, little studio set up for some it's videos coming. coming soon. It's coming. Uh, uh, and you're just everywhere. You know, and I'm tr- I'm trying, and I, I'm building that brand. And what, yeah. I, I, what I want people to see when they see that brand is – Somebody who's passionate about helping others, somebody yeah. who wants to teach me money, and then ultimately share a little bit parts of my personality and my character traits, whether that's you know waking up early and being motivated or being a little bit silly. And as I do videos and kind of stuff, I definitely have that side of me that yeah. you know that's the hardest one to send out because you never know how people are going to interpret it. Yeah. Uh, but anybody who knows me knows that that stuff's coming. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I want people to see that. And I truly, I feel this really neat stars aligning for me right now yeah. of this passion I've had, the public asking for it, and this niche audience of saying nobody out there is doing exactly what he's doing. And there are a lot of people out there doing similar stuff, but let's give him a chance. Yeah. Well, there's a there's something to be said about things lining up, mm-hmm. you know, and there's opportunities that come at certain points and, and jumping on them and it, it you can definitely see the momentum growing not only when i see you know the way that you interact on social media but you're talking about all these different projects and yep. speaking gigs and things yeah. like that and some of the other things people that are starting to come under me. wraps right yeah. now i was gonna yeah. say we can't reveal it'll, anything but people are, pe- people are picking up the phone and calling yeah. and calling jed so yeah. that's awesome that's, that's awesome and that's part of if we're gonna end on you know Number one, if you're going to talk to somebody about your money, ask them if they're a fiduciary. Uh, number two, see money as a verb. But number three, what can you do about your income or what can you do about your fulfillment and your happiness? Chase your energy. Use things like social media. You're using it. I've begun to use it. And it is the one of the coolest things in the world to have your phone ring. 
and it's an opportunity on the other end. Yeah. Uh, and that is planting seeds, doing things in the dark, and touching, 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 and eventually it's going to pay off. You know, that's part of the branding image is you build trust each time you put your voice out there. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I'm, I'm learning and I'm following. Well, it's fundamentals. It is fundamentals. We're going back to everything. We're yeah. going back to creating content it's the finances yeah it's if you want to get your health in the right order you you do the yoga you do the yep. squats you eat yeah. some veggies whatever it may be depending on what the goal is and huh. it's like you just do the fundamentals well enough and long enough and consistent enough and people you'll, pick up the you'll, phone you'll pick up some wins that's it yeah that's life man so where where can we find you so I'm on LinkedIn uh, primarily, uh, Jedediah Collins. I would love to connect with you. Uh, Twitter, I'm on Jed Collins 45 on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I've just begun. I joined Facebook in 2019. Woo! Wow! So, uh, All right. Right now, right now, I'm putting out. So April is Financial Literacy Month. I'm putting out a post a day on financial literacy. Uh, but I'm coming up. I'm going to do YouTube and Instagram once wow. we start creating the videos. And so I'll be out there this summer doing all that. So I don't know how it all connects or correlates or who talks to what, but everybody's telling me there's different groups on different mediums. So i got to go find my audiences and see where I can take it. Awesome, man. Yeah, everyone, you got to follow him on LinkedIn and Twitter yep. that he's on right now. Very active. I'm seeing one or several posts a yeah. day. Teaching me money, yeah. You know, relating it to everyday activities. Today was the one about about the snooze button. Oh yeah. And anyone that's been listening to this podcast knows. knows. I despise the snooze yep. button. Yeah. Hate the snooze button. And uh, we know Jed gets up before his alarm anyway. He doesn't. Yeah. Ah, uh, not usually. <laughs> that five oh nine that comes a knocking, but I get out of bed. Five oh nine. Five oh nine. That's when your alarm is. That's the alarm. That's an odd time. It is an odd time. I kind of do weird times like that yeah. too. It's like. It's never five. It's like four fifty eight no. or like yeah. five oh three. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think it's just better. And oddly <laughs> enough, so I said that to somebody a month or two ago, and they're like, "Oh, for Pullman." I went to Washington State, Pullman, Washington. I'm like, you know, I never thought about it, but yeah, now it's definitely so. The area code there is five oh nine. Yeah. There so you go. I was like, all right, all right so we'll, sure. we'll go with that. That's yeah, why. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. Always. Everyone, you check out Jed. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> podcast thank you for listening to that if you found value subscribe rate review share it share it with your mom share it with your grandma share it with a coworker. appreciate it um you can find more about us at millennialmomentum.net tommy tahoe on all social channels be great have a great day and until next time out